Lead Time is a weekly dose of leadership insights and interviews from Tim Allman and Jake Bessling. Lead Time is for any leader living in a busy world looking to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to lead others to their fullest potential. This is Lead Time. What a joy to have you with us for episode 27. Uh, today I am here, as always, with my bro, Jake Bessling. How are you doing today, buddy? Doing well. It's, it's an exciting day to be with you as well. So why are you the most excited about today? Well, when we're recording this, it's Monday, Thursday, uh-huh. and so I'm just so excited about that. But even even not not equal, just a little bit lower than that. We are in a new studio, Hello. the first ever studio at Christ Greenfield, and it is right off one of our worship spaces. There are soft things on the wall that help our voice uh, sound even better. Yeah. How do I sound? And if I'm if I'm going crazy in work, you know, I can come in here and bounce off the walls. Literally, it wouldn't hurt that. No one will know. No, no one, one will know. know. So thank you, Todd Freeman. Yeah. He's on our team, on our cast, and we love all that you've done with this space. So shout out to you. Thanks for your uh, ability to take um, creativity uh, and especially the visions we might have and put them into action. Today, we're starting a two-part series on human growth and continually identifying your life's mission. Two-part series called Grow and Go. You know, you can't have grow without the go, you know? And you better not go without the grow. If you grow, follow me here, track with me. If you grow without a go, a mission, a purpose, all you are is selfish. It's just about you. If you go without the grow, you don't have much to offer, no wisdom to offer the world. So if you grow, continue to learn, develop, you got to go. You got to share it with the world. Jake, you've heard me preach for almost six years now. Sorry about that. That's a long time listening to one dude. Great preacher, dude. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yet if you've heard any ounce of frustration in me from time to time, it's this theme, it's this frustration, that baptized believers, those who have been loved by God, those who have been baptized and given a brand new identity, struggle sometimes with their life's mission and purpose, and sometimes it can seem, even as we're preaching our faces off, our hearts are pumping, and we are... Any more passion? I can't get any more pumped up. You look out sometimes, and you even see some people sleeping, or maybe with the arms crossed. And it's like, and you can almost sense in their heart, nothing's going to change about me. And it could be around the topic of going to make disciples of all nations, sharing the gospel, being one who not just has a gospel in your heart, but on your lips, ready to share it. Maybe it's about generosity, resources, giving your life away on behalf of others. But there is that sense of frustration. People are growing, but they're maybe not willing to change and and go. Have you ever shared that same frustration, Jake? Oh, you bet. I've shared that same frustration as a preacher, but also seen in our preaching, let, let me go a little positive here, of the topic of growth in people yeah. in faith of the last six years. They do hear the word, yep. and they do want to be doers of the word, not just hearers. We have preached on going and moving and sending and owning your faith. What seems like, honestly, it's just repackaged every week to that gospel payoff. And it is paying off. The word of God works faith and life and hope and joy and peace and action in many people. And the word does work. But as a preacher, we must preach it boldly as Jesus did. So preachers, preach it boldly. Uh, We have King Solomon throughout um, his seasons of life reflecting on his later season Mm -hmm. in life. And he says in Ecclesiastes 3, I love it, to everything there's a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. He then goes on, I counted, he spells out 28 seasons of Hmm. personal life, this type of season, that type of season. There's a season for all these kind of things. Different seasons of life transitions are inevitable. We go through different seasons, but we must create a culture at our churches where throughout every season of life, we all are 
remembering that the main mission of God in every season is to go into the world, to share the good news, make disciples of all nations. So there's certain people that get it and they get going. Yeah. So today you're going to hear one of our favorite stories of a longtime Jesus follower who made a Holy Spirit-inspired decision in what many would consider the later stages of a professional career to grow, change, and evolve, and chase after, therefore, the heart of Jesus for the vulnerable, the least of these. Today we have Rick McClellan on the show. Rick, you are a gift. You're a longtime member at Christ Greenfield Lutheran Church and School. You are a poster child in the best sense of the world word of a Jesus follower who loves to grow and go. Rick, I remember uh, six years ago, just about now, getting to Christ Greenfield, and it was within the first couple of weeks you said, we got to get together uh, for lunch. And I was like, I I wanted to meet a lot of new people. And your passion, a vision that God had placed in your heart, I think it was a number of years before, based on your story, which you're going to share right now, um, to have Praises Cafe a place where everyone is is welcome, they're, they're loved, they receive a meal, and there was so much convergence. I remember being in that lunch, brother, and coming out of, many of you know my story of coming out of the table and having, you know, tears. I was so emotional that there was that kind of alignment in you based on, on your heart, that, that seed of going passion that God had planted, and it was about ready to germinate into a mighty, mighty tree. And uh, thank you so much for being willing to share your heart. And uh, before we get into a little bit of that story, Rick, give us a little bit of your context, your early understandings of what it looked like to be a Jesus follower. Rick McClellan, we are pumped you are on lead time, buddy. Oh, boy, I I just uh, can't say thank you enough for having me here. And, you know, Tim, first off, I have to tell you that uh, I I appreciate the introduction. However, I'm I'm not what you would call a longtime follower Mm. of Jesus. I'd have to say I was a fan, uh, but not necessarily a follower. So, you know, I got to, I got to tell you my story here before I get into uh, the praises uh, yeah. a vision that came to uh, myself and my wife, Lori. But, you know, for me, it was a matter of being humbled. Um, you know, I, I was a vice president of construction for a national home builder and, you know, I was bringing in upwards of a quarter million dollars a year, you know, a very comfortable living, I had some prestige and authority and, you know, life was good. So following Jesus, you know, that just wasn't on my radar. You know, sure, I attended church, and, you know, I gave what I thought was acceptable. I had served on the financial committee. I was an elder uh, for several years, and I was actually VP of the congregation for a while. But, you know, God had a different plan for me. In 2008, I lost my executive high-paying job, and and, uh, I became unemployed for the first time in my 36-year career. And being unemployed for two years was the beginning Mm -hmm. of God's plan to humble me. You know, I fought that tooth and nail. You know, I believed I was better than this. And, you know, the funny thing is God agreed. (laughs) The difference is he had a different, he had a different thought about that than I did, you know, so he was totally in control. Well, you know, while I was unemployed and a full-time stay-at-home dad, you know, the Holy Spirit urged me to start a men's ministry at Christ Greenfield. So uh, off I went. But, of course, I'm still full of pride, and I wanted this ministry, you know, to be me. I wanted to be important again. And uh, so the process was slow. The men had joined. uh, They were few and far between. And I got a little frustrated from time to time. But but I hung in there, and as the Holy Spirit led me, I began to change. And and I got to see that what I was doing was about Jesus and about the men I was 
helping to lead, you know. Can we pause right there? Yeah. I remember when you started that men's ministry and there was an event every single month for our men. Wow. And it went from zero to 12, you know, there's not much going on. And right. then in a time where there wasn't, you were already starting these new things. And even though you're saying now you're reflecting, you're like, man, it was really kind of about me. Um, it work. was affecting a lot yeah. of people. So it's amazing in our lives, leaders, when it, it is about us, but yet it's still God can work. God mm-hmm. always works. And he uses that for his glory despite our weaknesses. And then to hear now a little bit more um, of your story about how you're growing into, hey, it's really about not just me and Jesus, but Jesus is Lord of my life. So Cause he, if, if you look deep enough into any human heart, right, you're yeah. going to find motivation that is not always aligned. That's why confession absolution is so important. Exactly. Uh, I have to die daily to myself, my agenda, and be raised to newness of life in Jesus. So even when our motivations are off, Jesus, the Spirit, His Word still works. So, yeah, thanks, Rick. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, I actually thought that ministry was a complete flop. I, mm. I thought I had failed. I thought that I didn't do what God had planned for me. And it wasn't until a few years later, in fact, you know, maybe a year or so ago, I, I had to have a couple of the men that attended that ministry that came and talked to me and right. said, thank you. I said, for what? He says, if it wasn't for you uh, creating that bridge, uh, I wouldn't be where I am today either. Wow. And that they, they are now you don't always get to hear that. No, I didn't. No, and, and, and you didn't and look for it. I, I and was it totally, came to you. I was totally caught off guard. I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" I think you needed yeah. to hear that. I did at that time in yeah. that moment, and God knew that. Mm. And those people are now leading because of your efforts. Yeah. That's praise God. Keep yeah. going, Rick. Tell well, us more. Well, you know, even after all that, you know, I still wasn't humbled, humbled enough. You know, God, not he's, yet. He, no, he still had more work to do, and. um while I was still employed, I, I answered an ad on Craigslist, and um, the ad was placed by an employment agency that was contracted with the city of Phoenix, and their job was to find some rehab specialists uh, to provide oversight and management of repairs for low-income homes using federal dollars. Well, you know, this sounded, hey, you know, this ain't bad. This is kind of my background. Uh, so I figured, you know, I'll give it a try, and then all of a sudden I found out it paid 12 bucks an hour. Humbling. Humbling. Wow. Now, if that's not humbling for a guy that was making a quarter million dollars, for a quarter million dollars to 12 bucks an hour, I said, you know what? I said, God, if this is what you want me to do, you you, you need to give me a sign. So Hmm. I went ahead and did the interview, and I had to sit in front of five city executives for this high-paying $12 (laughs) an hour job. And I got to my car. I (laughs) sat in there after the interview, and I said, God, are you kidding me? If this is what you want, would you make it obvious to me? Yeah. Well, I didn't even make it home, and the employment agency called and said they want you to start on Monday, and the interview was Friday. That early. Yeah, so it's like, All right, okay, go. I got my answer. So off I went. And, you know, um, this uh, this job, uh, you know, God had led me to a, a place where I was able to uh, uh, see firsthand, you know, that low-income families were— uh, uh, barely getting by, and they're surviving in an unbelievable, unbelievable condition right in their own neighborhood, in, in our own city of Phoenix, you know. But unfortunately, my pride was still strong, and I wasn't willing to accept that, you know, I'm only getting paid 12 bucks an hour, dude, you know. <laughs> I'm better than this, you know. So yeah. all of a sudden, you know, eight months later, I get this phone call. Uh, a custom home builder is looking for a project manager to 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 build multi-million dollar houses. Man, I took it. I'm oh, wow. back. 
Life is good. More I'm than 12 bucks on, an hour, then. I'm back on track. Thank you, Jesus. And then he says, hold on, cowboy. I'm not done. So, lo and behold, I found out that I still had a love for the people that I was serving at the city of Phoenix. And now I find myself in this new job. I'm surrounded by the rich and famous. You know, I'm surrounded by people that wanted more. It, nothing was good enough. They wanted more and more and more, and they wanted for nothing, or they, they just felt they deserved it. So I wanted to get out of there. So I picked up the phone, and I called the city of Phoenix and said, hey, is that $12 an hour job still available? Whoa. And they said, come on back. We'll have you start Monday. So back Whoa. again I go. How long were you in that trip? Yeah. How long were you with the uh, about three months? The home builder, three months. It three months. I couldn't stand it. What year was this? Ish? Oh, uh, this was two thousand eight. No, no. I'm sorry. It would have been two thousand twelve. Okay, two thousand twelve. Yeah, things are so, rising again. In the economy. They're building more. Yeah, you would have made it. But I would, but I but I went back. You know, so but Jesus's call is bigger. Wow. Yep. So there I am. I'm back. They eventually <laughs> took me back, and then I became an employee, and I got transferred to the housing department where God set me up to be trained in the area of housing and human services for those of low-income families. So 10 years ago, in 2008, God began a work in me, and I had no idea where I was going. And last September, you know, my heart was moved by the Holy Spirit, and I believe God said, I'm done training you, dude. Get out. I want you to. Let's I go. want you to go to work and get out of the secular world, and uh, you need to go to work for me full time. You're not. You're. You're no spring chicken anymore. You need to get out there and get going. So, um, I retired, and uh, and I'm now in full time service to the Lord, uh, helping the lost and marginalized through La Mesa. And I got to tell you, I, I'm a follower of Jesus, and I'm loving every minute of it, man. This is just unbelievable. Your passion. I'm not just so a raving strong. fan. I'm That's a follower I'm a of Jesus. Follower. I'm a disciple. That's amazing. So for some of our listeners, they might not understand what La Mesa means. Can you just give us a elevator speech on um, that transition to La Mesa? What was your involvement in that? Well, and, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll you know talk about that eventually, but it, it's a uh, uh, a meal and a service that we do for the homeless and working poor in Mesa. We've been doing it now for almost five years. And um, ironically, you know, we started out just thinking we're going to, we're going to serve some food and, uh, and uh, check the box. And uh, we actually created a church. We actually created a church where the homeless uh, can go because they're generally not welcomed in a normal church. People don't want, you know, some old stinky, uh, nasty looking person uh, sitting in the front pew, you know, Mm -hmm. you can't have them in here and they can't sing and they got all this luggage. So this is a place where they go on Tuesday nights and, Rick, you were pivotal in, in helping start that ministry, and we can't wait to hear uh, toward the end of this episode where it's going to go from here. But if you look back before we move forward, not throwing anyone under the bus, what could the local church have done better to foster your grow-and-go spirit sooner? Well, you know, that's a tough one. You know, back in the day, there wasn't a lot of encouragement or coaching. You know, it was more of a sink-or-swim kind of mentality um, but I got to say, there wasn't any discouragement either. Cause if I'd have had some discouragement, I'd have, I'd have said, I'm out of here. Yeah. You know, I, I just would have needed someone to say, you know, you ain't doing this right. And I said, okay, goodbye. But, uh, you know, the only way you knew if things were going well is if nobody said anything, <laughs> you kind of figured you were doing a good job. So uh, I think the key here is encouragement, uh, and, um, support. Yeah. 
So what word of advice, Rick, would you have for an experienced Christian, someone who's been uh, a pew sitter, just coming to church on Sundays consistently, uh, but they've not experienced the fullness of the adventure and the passion and the joy, the meaning and purpose that you have, uh, Holy Spirit has led you to discover over the past few years. What word of advice would you have for them? Well, you know, don't wait to be humbled like I had to be humbled or, you know, don't wait for a tragedy to happen in your family for you to finally realize, you know, that, you know, life is short and that there's uh there's got to be more than this to life. So the sooner you realize that life is not about you and what you do for a living or how much money you make, and you know, the quicker you're going to find some peace and fulfillment for your life. And once you decide to go, it's it's going to be hard to stop, especially when you realize it's about serving and following Jesus, and it's not about you. Yeah. Uh, one of our first La Mesa leadership <clears throat> retreats for this, the table ministry of the church ministry we do on Tuesday nights for the work and poor and homeless you brought um, a song and you showed a devotion on, based on a song. I don't remember the song, but I remember how passionate you were about connecting the songs, the Christian songs out there to the word of God and then to people's hearts. And I remember you saying that oftentimes you would do that in your home for people, um, for your journey group, for your Bible study. And so you've been walking alongside similar people um, that you might even call family for a long time. How long have you been in this journey group life in your house um, and what role did this journey group play on your growth? Well, we've had a journey group out of our home, I'm going to say, since Lori and I have been married. So it's well, going on, uh, gee, I don't want to mess this up. I know. It's going, on, going on 18 years here this next okay, month. So, Yeah, but, you know, you can't imagine the support, you know, and the encouragement you receive from a family of believers you know, Lori and I, like many, you know, we've got, we have our struggles and we have our issues. And, and you know, I don't, God didn't intend us to do that alone. You know, mm-hmm. we need to do that in a, you know, with another group of believers and family. And, you know, I, but I got to be upfront with you that um, if we didn't do it at our home, we probably wouldn't have went to a Bible study because we had a little, we had a, we had a baby and, you know, dragging a baby along. So, I think it just kind of stuck with us once we started and everybody liked it and God was leading us. And uh, uh, one study after another, we just kept growing and growing. And, and, and now I can't imagine us not having Bible study out of our house. So we talk a lot about spiritual rhythms, and I am curious about yours there, Rick. So how have your spiritual rhythms evolved over the years? Well, you know, it might be hard to believe, but I'm not a fan of reading, you know, really? early on in my career, it was, uh, it was radio, TV and film, but I, I really you didn't do have that radio face. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Thank you very much. Yes. I, I try to make sure I'm top shape. You are a, a delightful yes. man. Yes. Yes. Don't let yes. Him tell Thank you yeah. Okay. But, um, you know, you know, I'm more of a doer, kind of a getter done type of guy. Right. You know, I don't need sure, no, sure. I don't need no stinking instructions. You I know, know. I can't believe Throw they that put, away. Yeah, they put all these extra parts in the bag. I don't understand. I got some extra but, ones know, left over. I, I don't understand, but you know, but once again, you know, God had a different plan for me. You know, uh, bringing me to employment with the city of Phoenix provided me a another humbling experience, and I got to commute to work on a city bus, hmm. you know, so, but little did I, did I know that this humbling experience uh, would allow me to use my time wisely. So I began reading the chronological Bible on the way to work and wow. then on the way home. And over the six years that I was uh, working for the city, 
I uh, read scripture three times, cover to cover. So, and, and not only scriptures, I started reading uh, books uh, for the job and also for my my uh, journey with Jesus. So, um, in fact, you know, I, I I couldn't wait to get on the bus so that I could start, you know, my spiritual rhythms. I mean, the bus was where I had my spiritual rhythms. So what was the trigger that kind of changed that? Because you say, I, I went from someone who didn't like to read to then... I was in a new space and I wanted to economize, you wanted to economize the time. And then you said, okay, I'm going to do it. And then you just kind of grew to love it over the time. How did that happen that this new habit form, you know? Well, you know, I just think it's all part of the walk. And, you know, as the Holy Spirit continued to lead me, you know, he says, what are you doing sitting here on the bus sleeping? You know, would you, would you, would you wake up and pay attention? I got a really cool book you need to start reading. <laughs> did you have the book already? The Bible? That chronological book? Oh, yes. Bible? Yes. Like you had it sitting there on your shelf. I, I had it never and never didn't open it. it. No. No. But and I, I got to tell you. So if, take, if, the moral of the story is take the bus. Take, take the, bus. the bus. Take the take bus. Take the bus. You got a lot of time uh, on the bus yeah. to read the Bible. Yeah. Well, of course, most people, I think, try to read on their phones while they're driving. But uh, You can listen yeah. to that. Oh, if mm-hmm. you have a commute, mm-hmm. same thing. Chronological sure. Bible, Bible app, lead time. Yep. That's good. You are... You have, you have an amazing wife, Lori. Um, she is right there alongside mm-hmm. of you, serving the vision of her Praises Cafe. God gave that to both of you. Please tell us how your marriage to Lori has shaped your spiritual growth. Well, you know, Tim, I've heard you say this before, and I can I can vouch for it. You know, and most people uh, my age will be more than that to vouch for that. Sometimes, as we get older, we get a little bit more sentimental, and so as I'm explaining to you. Uh, this, if I start to break down, I hope you'll understand. But Lori is just beyond amazing for me because it's plain and simple that I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for God placing Lori in my life. You know, she's everything to me. And I praise and thank God daily for the gift that he's given me of Lori. You know, my life was, my, my, my life had fallen apart before I had met Lori. You know, I, my oldest son was sent to prison for 11 and a half years. Uh, I was going through a divorce after 26 years, and my mom and dad had just passed away over a six-month period of time. And, you know, the only thing that I thought I could do to keep myself afloat was, was, was I was going to party, and uh, I was going to have wild living, and I was just going to forget about it all. And and and, and then, uh, once again, you know, God had a different plan, and, and uh, I found out that you know, when I met Lori, that, that she was a woman of faith. And, and I'm like, wow, you know, uh, this has got to be, I, I, I need this, you know, the, a woman of faith, you know, God put a woman of faith in front of me, you know, I says, so when I found out, you know, uh, uh, to have a woman that could pray with me, that could worship with me, uh, that could have Bible study, I mean, that was something I had never experienced. And it was, it was, it was just incredible. So to have a woman love me with all of my luggage was, was, just incredible, you know, and, you know, and I had to make sure, you know, is this the right thing? You know, I'd been married for 26 years. Did I want to do this again? You know, I went to counseling with a, a pastor and, uh, you know, no, it, it was a real deal. It was meant to be. And, it, and it's obvious today, you know, this, this, this woman, Lori is just pivotal. I mean, I can tell you right now that I'd probably still be partying and maybe be dead by now if it wasn't for Lori getting into my life. So, you know, and, and, and she's even still hung with me even even after I lost my big paying job and had all this luggage and all, especially the pride. You know, pride is such a mean monster for men. It's it's a tough deal. And, mm-hmm. you know, she still loves me. And uh, 
I, I sometimes don't deserve her love, but I just, she's just an amazing woman. So God led you to the right job and, and, uh, amazing woman like Lori and he's Incredible. been faithful throughout. There are those men and women that are out there that might be in high paying jobs or, or were, and they're, they're like, man, maybe I'm sensing a transition to work in the church or take a lower paying job so that I could be with my kids more and serve God more. What advice would you give them as you summarize your story? Um, and you've said it so beautifully. What advice would you give to that person? It's like, I, I don't, Rick, I don't know. I mean, how, how could I really make that jump and that leap of faith, Rick? Well, basically, I say fasten your seatbelts, <laughs> um, you know, because you you don't know anything when it comes to what God's got in store for you and what God's plan are, you know. Uh, you know, you can try to avoid him, avoid him and um, he's going to, He's going to bring you right where he wants you to be, you know, and and whether you're ready or not, you're going for a ride. And believe me, when God gets a hold of you, change will happen one way or the other. So were you always one that was um, open for a chance? Look back 30 years ago, you say fasten your seatbelts. But I think a lot of people in this world are risk adverse. And we want to make sure that safety, security, pleasure, these things are highly desired. But what we've heard from you is this desire to grow and go. It's adventure. It's fasten your seatbelts. It's a big journey. It's a ride. It's unpredictable. It's, it's risky. So how did that evolve more in you? I mean, it was all by the Spirit's power, obviously. But would you say anything else to those that are just kind of like, Ugh, this is too much risk? You say fasten your seatbelts. I'm not even getting in the car, man. You know? Well, you're you're getting shoved in the car. You don't have a choice. And when God's got a plan for you, he's going to put the wheels in motion. And you need to be able to have your eyes open and see that what's happening to you is is God's God's direction. So whether you, I, I didn't have, I had, you know, 10 years ago, I didn't envision doing what I'm doing now. You know, I didn't, I didn't have any idea. You know, I, I didn't know, I didn't even know what a follower was. I was just a fan, you know. I was born and raised Missouri Synod Lutheran. So, you know, I went to church and did what I had to do. And uh, So it was, it was pretty clear to you that God was showing a lot of signs and open doors to serve him in a new way with new people um, in the jobs that you were going to focus on. And then for La Mesa, you were in the car of, of his spirit riding along, but you did jump out for three months. Definitely. And you went another way. So you, we all have a choice, listener, that as God is prompting you and leading you, you got a choice. Get in the car or not. Stay in the car or not. But Rick's advice from the Spirit, fasten your seatbelts and enjoy the ride. Exactly. You get to grow and then you get to go. Amen. So what books are you currently reading right now? Oh, well, you know, I'm not a big uh, book reader, and my spiritual rhythms have been kind of changed. That's all right. You're uh, not taking the bus I'm anymore. I'm not taking the bus anymore. So I was thinking maybe just... You know, checking out a bus close by to where I live and just going around, right the, around neighborhood, the city. You know, I might do that. But, uh, you know, uh, one of the books I'm reading as time allows, it's called uh, Made for a Mission. It's by uh, David Postuma, I believe is the pronunciation. So I'm meeting with a group of future leaders on Sundays uh, after church. It's called uh, Operation Ministry Discovery. So uh, we dive into the book and learn how better to understand what kind of a manager we are uh, in service to our Lord. 
Yeah, readers or leaders, you are a gift. And uh, listener, this is just the first of uh, two parts. I hope you're going to come back next week because we're going to hear about what this go actually looks like today in real time for Rick and Lori, our whole La Mesa team. You're going to get even more. If you listen to us talk to Jeff Nedry, you're going to get even more details. Uh, the vision has evolved even further up to this point. So, Rick, thanks for joining us on Lead Time. Uh, sharing is caring. Don't go anywhere, though, Rick. We're going to record the next. Next one. <laughs> All right. Thanks. This, is, this has been awesome. Thanks yeah. for letting me share my story. Yeah, sharing is caring, and I can't wait to have you back on Lead Time with us next Monday. Peace to the Lord. See you later. Bye. You have been listening to Lead Time with Tim and Jake. Please subscribe at cglchurch.org backslash lead time. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Monday for another episode.